Psalm 127.3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Thank you for allowing us to come into your homes today for the Hour of Excellence, Studio Presley. We are blessed today to have one of God's chosen youth spiritual messengers whose name is Alonzo Brinson. Alonzo Brinson is better known as Minister A.J. Brinson. Minister A.J. Brinson is the son of Mrs. Janine Brinson and Mrs. Terry Watson. He is a 2023 graduate of Columbia High School, Lake City, Florida. He's also a member of New Day Spring Missionary Baptist Church. Reverend Al Nelson is a pastor. Dr. A.J. is destined for greatness. Let us welcome Dr. A.J. as an introduction, a musical introduction, from our artist, C.C. Weiner, who is Dr. A.J.'s favorite artist. She will be presented as an introduction, Never Lost.
God uses outstanding young dignitaries to do extraordinary things. At this time, we are blessed to have an outstanding young spiritual dignitary on the line with us tonight. Dr. A.J., the microphone is yours. Lord, I come before you as humbly as I know how just to tell you thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Now, God, I'm asking you to increase so I can decrease so these listeners can hear from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I am so grateful to be here tonight. I am grateful to be on this excellent podcast, The Hour of Excellence, hosted by Ms. Presley. She has given me this opportunity to bless you all. And God has given me a word in this three-part series, Fighting Temptation. As many of you know, we live in a world full of temptation. Whether it's temptation on the job or temptation at school or even temptation at home. Temptation surrounds us every day and everywhere. I accepted Jesus Christ at a very early age. And there are three verses in the Bible that every believer needs to have in order to deal with temptation. I can count on the number of times I've had to refer back to those verses until now they're forever locked in the memory bank of my mind. From time to time, my brothers and sisters, we've all come to temptation's corner, that place where we are called to make a decision as to which way to turn, whether to do right or to do wrong, whether to do good or bad. The tempter, Satan, stands there at every intersection trying to get us to make the wrong turn. And there are three questions that we have to ask ourselves when we come to this intersection of life. The first question we need to ask ourselves is if you have a pen or paper or just open up your notes on your phone is, can you thank God for it? When we find ourselves in temptation's corner, we should ask ourselves, if, if I go this way, if I go to this club, if I go to this party, if I say this thing right here, if I do this deed when it's all said and done, can I thank God for it? There are answers to these questions all around the Bible, so excuse me as I Bible hop, but 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. In everything, give thanks. The most important, the most important part of that verse is, in everything, give thanks. We were born to give God thanks. If there is an action or an attitude on our part that we cannot thank God for in the aftermath, then we should avoid it at all costs. Because in the Word, it does not say give thanks to all things, but give thanks in all things. So watch this. If I can't thank God for it, then I shouldn't do it. If I can't thank God for it, then I shouldn't go there. If I th- the reason we should ask ourselves when temptation comes, when we get in temptation's corner, can I thank God for it, is because if we can't thank God for it, then we shouldn't do it. Smoking weed, can I thank God for it? Drinking alcohol, can I thank God for it? And there are some people that you can't even thank God for because they mean you no good. So we have to ask ourselves, if I can't, if I can, if I can't thank God for it, then I can't do it. I'll give you an example. 
And then I'll give you the second question. When I was in the store, I was looking at a razor. A razor, it, it helps keep your head smooth, your beard smooth, your walk smooth. But while I was looking at the razor, God spoke to me because the Lord said to me, in order for things to go smoothly, you have to cut some things out. In order for things to go smoothly, there might be some people you have to cut. In order for your marriage to go smoothly, there might be some things you have to cut. In order for your finances to go smoothly, there might be some things you have to cut. And if you can't thank God for it, then you got to cut it out. God, I can hear if you if you just tell yourself, God, I want to cut it out. The reason why things are not going so smoothly for some of you is because you haven't made some necessary if you want your education to go smoothly, you need to make some cuts. If you want your job to go smoothly, your life to go smoothly, your marriage to go smoothly, you have to make some cuts. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffer harm. In other words, you need to check your crew, because this might be why you're suffering harm, because you have made no cuts. Do you know what you want to know what a real friend is? A real friend is someone who motivates you to do more in life. A real friend brings out the best in you. A real friend, you are a better person because of them. If they don't bring out the best in you and you're not a better person because of them, and if they don't motivate you to do more in life, you need to cut them. That's not a real friend. That's what I call a hangaround. Here's an example. Here's an example, and then I give you the second question. There was a girl who went to the hospital because she was coughing a lot, and she asked the doctor why she was coughing. She couldn't figure out what was wrong. Her body was in so much pain. They ran tests, and it came back that she had lung cancer. And she, tr she tried to deny it. She said, I don't smoke. I never smoked a day in my life. The doctor said, well, is there anybody around you that smokes? She said, yes, my husband He's been smoking for years, and the doctor looked at her and pointed at her and said, that's how you got it. You don't have to smoke. You just have to be around it. His bad habit harmed her. God is saying something to me right here. Some of y'all are wondering why you're suffering right now because of the environment you're in and who you are connected to. Other folks' bad habits can cause you to suffer. In preparation, I'm about to leave for college where I'm going up to Atlanta, Morehouse College, I've been hearing almost the same thing from God. There's some cuts that I have to make. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. A real friend will tell you the truth, and the truth will set you free. A real friend is like a doctor. They cut you so they can see you get better. They want to see you get stronger. Some people are cutting to kill you, but a real friend is like a doctor. They're cutting to heal you, not kill you. And brothers and sisters, you need somebody in your life that's going to tell you the truth because they want to see you do better. They want to see you reach your goals. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. Run with people that will make you sharper. That will make you better. And then ask yourself at the end, are you a good person because of them? Are you a good boyfriend because of them? Are you a good girlfriend because of them? Are you a good husband because of them? Are you a good wife 
because of them? Are you a good father because of them? Are you a good mother because of him? That's why, that's why you have to ask, can I thank God for them first? 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Does not be, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I'll say it again. Bad company corrupts good character. When you get to your Bible, just go and underline that verse and put it in your memory box. 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. In some places that you, not, you, you ought to not even try to be at no more. You have to be separate. Nowadays, they're lacing anything, weed, alcohol drinks, drinks of regular money. They'll just lace it and kill you and take you out. You've got to come out of that phase of your life. If you're going to be who God called you to be, you have to come out from under them. God is calling you out. Wherever you're listening at, you ought to just say to yourself, God is calling me out. You ought to just say that. There's a little example. You never put other fish in the same tank as a goldfish. What do you mean by that? I'm glad you asked. When you put other fishes in with the goldfish, they will die. How do you know that? Well, because the place from the goldfish is so toxic. And his mess will kill the other fishes. I'm preaching, y'all ain't saying nothing. His mess is killing the other fishes. His mess is causing them not to survive. Now, my question to you is, who is the goldfish in your life? Who is taking your joy? Who is bringing you down? There's a group of goldfish in your life that's killing your peace. Come out of it. Because they mess is going to kill you. It's going to kill your family. It's going to kill your marriage. It's going to kill your education. Just tell yourself, get rid of the goldfish. Because there ain't nothing gold about it. So the first question you have to ask yourself when you come to Temptations Corner is, can I thank God for it? And can I thank God for them? If not, you got to make some cuts. The second question you have to ask yourself is can I do it in Jesus' name? Colossians 3 and 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you do at work, whatever you do at school, whatever you do at home, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. We are not only called to give thanks for all things, but to do all things in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if the, differ the difference that would make in your life if you took that verse seriously? Can you imagine what difference will come in your life if you just took that first verse seriously? It would make a huge difference of what came out your mouth. Can I say it in the name of Jesus? It will make a huge difference of where you go. Can I go there in the name of Jesus? Y'all ain't praying with me. It will make a huge difference in what you do. Can I do this in the name of Jesus? If I can't do it in the name of Jesus, I just can't do it. If I can't go there in the name of Jesus, I'm just not going. When temptation comes to your corner, you need to ask yourself, when faced with a decision, can I do it in the name of Jesus? I'll even go deeper. I'll even go deeper. Some of y'all don't want to be real with yourself. I'll even go deeper. And I'm just talking about me. 
Can I sleep with her in the name of Jesus? Can I be with him or her in the name of Jesus? Can I smoke this in the name of Jesus? Can I drink this in the name of Jesus? If I can't do it in the name of Jesus, I just can't do it. And you see, the crazy thing is, God is crazy about his name. You got to read Exodus 20 and 7. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuse his name. What is, what is it about God's name? You see, a lot of times when we use God's name, we use it in a time of doing wrong. And God is crazy about his name. You see, the Jews were such in all about God's name, Yahweh, that they refused to speak the name in public because they took his name so seriously. They wouldn't even say it or speak it in public. Look how we are living in 2023, doing wrong and calling his name. You would think you would stop because you're using his name, but you still use it in vain. Some of y'all say G and then D-A-M-N. Then try to cover up and say, I said God. No, baby, you said God. Then you say God leave or oh my God. No, don't say that. Don't use God's name in vain. That, that's God's name you're talking about. You have to have his name. You, you have to respect God's name. You know, if you're a Christian, you have God's name. Because you can't spell Christian without spelling Christ. So how you are acting is using his name in vain. So that's why you have to ask ourselves, that's why we have to ask ourselves, can I do it in his name? There was a fighter by the name of Alexander. He was a fighter in the war, and Alexander, while going to war, saw a young fighter when they were about to face battle going the other way. Alexander quickly turned his horse around and went and stopped the young fighter and asked him, the soldier, where are you going? What's your name? The soldier looked at him and said, my name is Alexander, just like you. My mom named me after you. And Alexander looked at him and said, and you're going this way when the battle is that way? He said, look here, son, either change your name or change your direction. You're going to, you're not going to have my name going in the opposite direction of where I told you to go. Either change your name or change your direction. And I hear God telling us today that either change your name or change your direction. Either change your name or change your walk. So that's why we have to remember before we do something, we have to ask ourselves, can I do it in his name? If I can't do it in his name, then I just can't do it. The last question you have to ask yourself, and I'm done for the day, is can I do it for God's glory? Can I do it for God's glory? 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What does that mean? So that doctor's degree you ought to just say, to God be the glory. That RN, that LPN, you just say, to God be the glory. Whatever you do, you have to do it for the glory of God. See, as a true believer, a true believer is motivated by the desire to bring God glory. 
Y'all missed that. Let me say it one more time. A true believer is motivated by the desire to bring God's glory. So we have to ask ourselves, is this going to bring God glory? You know, when kids are performing, whether it's on the court, football field, baseball mounds, in the classroom, anywhere, it's mainly for their parents. Every time they score, every time they make a good grade on a test, every time they, they, they make a good play, they usually seek the attention of their parents. Whether they're pointing up in the crowd or, or, or bringing it to you, they, they, you know how it is. They usually are seeking the attention of their parents. And as Christians, we should all look at that, and we should do the same thing for God. Every time we do something good, is it giving God glory? That's why, that's why, how is this going to get God's glory? If I go here, if I'm seeing here, how is God going to get the glory? Wherever you go, that's what you should ask yourself. While I'm going here, is God going to get the glory? That's why when you go somewhere, you see people all the time wearing the WWJD bracelet. But if they're going to a specific place, I ain't going to name it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll take it off. Or when you see people messing around, you see, you'll mess around and take off your wedding ring. Why? Because it shows you're committed to somebody else. You don't want that to be seen. They don't want to see you committed to your marriage. I'm preaching. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And see, that's what your life should be like. Your life should be like a wedding ring, letting people know that I'm committed to God. And you know what? Glory means it means to put God on his plaque or his pedestal and to praise God. That's why when you leave the house, y'all remember your mama would say they would be right out. And she'd give you that speech or that lecture. She'll start off by saying, y'all, come here now. I'm trusting y'all to go out. But don't let me hear something that's going to embarrass me. Y'all remember those talks. I can hear God telling us today, y'all, come here now. Y'all represent me out here. Make sure whatever you do that the light is reflecting and shining back on me. Make sure people see that the works that I'm doing in your life, when you come to Temptation Corner, you ought to just stop. First Corinthians says, First Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's why Jesus taught us the prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil, from evil. In other words, we cannot deliver ourselves. We need Jesus to deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. That's why when I pray for, for, for the Lord, when I pray, ask the Lord to lead me not into temptation. You see, Satan, he wants you to fall into temptation. So when you come to that intersection of life, when you have to make a decision, and in temptation's corner, 
you're there, you've got to ask yourself, can I thank God for it? Can I do it in Jesus' name? And can God get the glory? And if he can't get the glory out of this, and if he can't get the praise out of this, I just can't do it. But if you do fall in the temptation's corner and you don't know where to go, oh, I done got happy. There's a man that you can call on. His name is Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem. He was reared in Nazareth, baptized in the Jordan, performed miracles in Galilee. He wept over Jerusalem and prayed in Gethsemane. And one Friday evening went up a hill called Calvary. And he died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died until the earth reeled and rocked like a drunken man. He died until he got into the head of a centurion and he made the centurion cry out, surely this man is the son of God. But early Sunday morning, before the dew drops dropped out of the nighttime sky, before the sun lit up the world, he got up with all power in his hand. And the best part about that power is the same power that raised Jesus. It also dwells in you. This temptation, you can stop it. When you come to temptation's corner, just stop and think about that man, that man that saved you and saved me. This has been part one of how to handle temptation with A.J. Brinson. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. an easy thing for you to do your hand is moving right now you are still showing